You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to In the Key of Change Chats. Today's chat is with Aaron and Spencer of Under Oath from Ramshead Live. Let's give it a listen because it's time for a change. I'm here with the gentlemen of Under Oath. We're here at Ramshead Live on a nice sunny Tuesday afternoon. Taco Tuesday. Ta- oh, it is Taco Tuesday. Well, gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go grab someone in a little bit. So, you guys disbanded, you reunited, whatever you want to call it, you're back again. What makes this the right time for new music from Under Oath? If you feel it, you feel it. That's a short answer, you know. Uh, we did a lot of things the wrong way and some things the right way. And um, we had to kind of burn the house down to come back to it, to appreciate it. You know what I mean? It's like cheesy as you can get by saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone, but that's kind of the scenario with this. And then after we got back together in 2016 um, to do like a reunion tour, we kind of realized quickly like, Oh, we don't just want to do one tour and stop. We wouldn't, we want to keep going. And then, you know, like all relationships that turned into the next thing and then the next thing and then turned into making a record. So and that's how, the short answer. I like that. And how would you say the break you took benefited you either personally or as the group? I mean, tremendously. I think everyone needed a, a pause button on this thing. Like everyone was in a bad way, I feel like. And there were, our relationships on the, on the inside with each other were bad. How we treated ourselves personally was bad. How we treated music and writing music was bad. All of it needed to be uh, completely rethought out. So without the breakup or the break or whatever you want to call it, there would be, I just don't, yeah, there would be nothing here. There definitely wouldn't be this record. So hitting the refresh button, definitely a good decision. I think that's everything in life, you know, relationships have seasons. You have to kind of go through one thing to get to the next thing. And I think for us, it was just such an unhealthy environment, like he said, for us personally, but also as a unit. So we needed to kind of get away from it for a little while in order to appreciate it, but also in order to become healthy individuals. And with eight years or so between albums, how are you able to sort of edit all those thoughts and feelings down into one album now? Um, like two years of writing to make, to make the right record for us. This is the first time in our career where we actually overwrote. Under Oath is like historically been a band that like kind of fights over 12 songs for a couple of years and then records those songs and that's what you get this is the first record we ever wrote we wrote close to 30 songs for this record so there was a large editing process and this like you're saying like it took it took us some time to figure out like how do we get to zero what are we really trying to say and distilling all those things down so what happened to those other 10 or so songs will they see the light of day will they be reincarnated in some way they weren't good enough we don't do the whole like let's put out demos i think a lot of bands do that and have success and it's cool and i think fans of said bands whoever they are that do that a lot of bands do that the killers put out one that i loved it was that um but i just don't i don't like to show people my dirty underwear do you know what i mean that's a great metaphor no i mean it like (laughs) i'm not gonna you know like unless you're in my family i'm not gonna show you like 
me throwing up or me, you know, me like on a dark, in a, in a different side that I don't want it to be seen. I want to put my best foot forward for you, especially if you're spending your money on something that we made. Um, so we've just never really been into that, you know, because we really like under oath truly when we compose songs, it starts in such an infantile place that a lot of it could, could be just nothing. So, yeah. So what is it about the hard rock scene, hardcore scene uh, like in central Florida that seems to have birthed a ton of bands, like really good bands, yourselves included? I don't I have no idea. Like we, we never really had much success as a lo- local band or a whole lot of hometown hero vibe at all from where we come from. It's, maybe it's the fact that Florida is a place you, maybe you want to get out of, I guess, that makes people strive to leave. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... There's a lot of love there, but there's also a lot of hate, I think, in our hometown. Isn't <laughs> shit to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can you can beach it up and do that whole thing, but, like, I think there's a lot of bands because it's boring. You know what I mean? A lot of people retire there and play golf or sit on the beach. There's not a ton going on. Those drugs. Drugs in Florida. So I think as young, as young kids, it was like, we got to have something to do. And then we got into drinking and doing drugs later. <laughs> One thing at a time. Yeah, we had to, yeah. Well, and now you have Erase Me out. And how is that an evolution of sound since either active depression or even disambiguation? In every way. In every way. I think the most important music you can make is music that is blatantly honest. Um, how you feel. You know what I mean? And I think that something that we've been strong at doing as people is, is putting our most truthful foot forward. And that's not just lyrically, but obviously lyrically, but also musically, like, I don't want to wear the same shoes I wore 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like, and even if I did, I would get them resold every year. So, you know what I mean? Like you've got to evolve. You've got to evolve. Otherwise you've got a stagnated art form. And I'm just not interested in that. I'd rather work at Home Depot than make, define the great line 10 times. Literally. I, I actually would rather work at Wawa than, than make Chasing Safety again. And a lot of fans want you to keep doing that, but they think they want you to keep doing that. They don't really. They don't know I don't think as listeners of music, we know what we want. I think it takes a band to challenge your ears and your mind and your heart to actually have something that you're going to feel. And I think you think you want the same shit over and over again. And I just, I don't believe that because every time a band's done that to me, if I hear the same exact record, it's just, even if it's better, it's not because you fell in love with those songs. Everything sounds like a B-side. So we're those kind of people and under us always been those kind of people. And if you followed our career at all, you know how we do it. You know, it's always going to sound like under oath, but it's going to be a twist and a turn. And, you know, and if you want the same record over and over again, go listen to a million other bands that do that. Cause that's not us. There's a reason why there's a reason why when you do interviews, I'm sure when you read comments online, people are like, I like your fucking first record the most. And you know why? Cause there was no pretense there. There was nothing, but but even for the artist, it was like they were a garage band. It didn't matter if it fucking failed or not. Like it didn't matter. You know what I mean? And we've always approached our records that way, especially with Erase Me. We had no idea what was going to happen, when it was going to come out, and we made it completely in secret with no timeline, with no, like, you got to turn it in by this date, which is what it is for most bands. We literally just started making records. So what you have is like a first record. You know, which is what you have with the Find the Great Line, which is what you have with your own Chasing Safety, which is why we've had success. I believe that because people get it and they feel like, oh, this is mine. That's why people like a first record because they discover something. And that's the whole thing. 
And if, if us as consumers, I have a thousand vinyl in my living room. I'm a massive music fan. And I do the same thing where I get a record. I'm like, fuck them. This is not their first record. This is a piece of shit. This is no good. I hate this. This doesn't sound like your last record. Then I begin to listen and I begin to think, oh, wait a minute. Like they're doing me a service. You know what I mean? Because a massive disservice would be for us to give you our first two records over and over and over and over. Even though they make you pay for it. Even though, even though this record sold a bunch of copies and people like them at that point, I'm duping you. To me, the definition of selling out is finding what worked 15 years ago and just recreating it over and over again. Because you know the band doesn't want to do that. You know no band wants to do that. I don't believe it. I do not believe you when you do that. And I think like what Aaron said is some of my favorite records, I didn't like it first. I was I was like, what is that? Why? Ah, I got to hear it again. You know, like, and then you realize that it's just, you weren't used to it. Like you, you were hearing something you had never heard from an artist and it, and it made you feel uncomfortable which is it, a good thing not a bad yeah. thing and once that dust settles and you hear it you're like oh this is fucking great nine times out of ten you know uh if you don't feel uncomfortable the first time you hear it, you don't like you're not like what i think you didn't really do anything you know you kind of wasted your time we could go in the studio and shit out a bunch of defining great lines on we did that when we were 20 something years old you know why would we do that again it's not fun for us you know we don't want to we don't want to fake it we don't we definitely don't want to sell out to me selling out is making the same shit over and over again i live in nostalgia of something that you know and i don't want our fans to live in nostalgia oh this is just like my favorite record okay just listen to your favorite record you don't have to <laughs> i don't have to give you another one it's not fair to you at that point, I'm taking from you. I'm get, you're getting, I'm giving you, I'm getting something from you for nothing from me. You know how easy it would be for us to go back and do that? So easy. It would take a week to, to write 25 songs of that music. But we're 35. So we want to give you something that's our best foot forward now. So that's the long, that was a long answer. I'm sorry. So now with Erasing being so different, how do you go about choosing a set list that is more cohesive if those songs and those albums are so different. See Mick Jagger and he didn't play the Stones and Mick didn't play Satisfaction. He'd be fucking pissed. So you have to do everything, and we love doing everything. You know what I mean? Like we're right now we're playing. This is our first tour on the record, and it's a B market tour, which is smaller cities. We kind of are doing things backwards a little bit. Um, we're only playing four or five new songs, and the rest is songs from our whole catalog. Um, so you just have to kind of. But here's like Spencer said, like it's all under oath. It all fits. Even if it's genre, genre-listically different to your ears, it's the same six people. Do you know what I mean? So it's... it's The stuff that sounds the funniest is, is our first record sometimes. Because everything after our first, after Chasing Safety, had a darkness to it. And that like kind of eeriness to it. And that one's so bubblegum and pop. It's the only one that feels the funniest to fit the songs in. But the fans like the song chord, so much. Chord structure. Yeah. And Sonic. like, sonically, it's funny. And it's all like major and high yeah. and, a, and it's like, it sounds like pop punk kind of. And we're like, what in the world? Like, since, you know, since 06, it ha- we haven't written like that. So that stuff's a little different. That's also my favorite when fans are like, you guys sold out your music's pop now. And then they like, Chasing Safety is the best. I'm like, most pop. Can you, do you have speakers? <laughs> Backwards. <laughs> so it sounds like you know you you don't really it sounds as though you don't really think about that fine line between you know keeping fans happy and keeping yourself happy you just you're focused more on 
basically keeping yourselves content and then kind I'm of... I'm an artist 100%. I think the only good art is true art. But if you're not... Once you start thinking about money or radio or your fans or what are the diehard fans going to think or what is this guy going to think or you've already lost. I think if you love what's coming back out of you on the speakers and that's that's a win you know if all six guys in the band that you know people trust us enough to buy our tickets and trust us as a band like we trust each other too and that's what we listen to when all six of us are stoked we're stoked that's what under oath is the six of us being happy if you don't like it don't fucking listen to it do not care. it's really that simple right like it doesn't need to be that hard or it's even easier than this you know i today some guy wrote this long comment and you know, you get, we get 90% love and 10% hate, but the 10%, the trolls are so loud, you know, and I got a comment today and a guy said, um, excuse me. He said, you guys sold out. You didn't think about your fans at all when you made this record. And I literally responded. I was like, you were there, huh? <laughs> you know exactly what happened. And I, and I kind <laughs> and I kindly told the guy, I said, that's not what happened. Number one, but number two, if you don't like it, just listen to another record. If you're a fan from from back in the day and you think everything after your favorite record is shit, that favorite record still exists. That's the beauty of it. You can press play on it. Like you can, st- if you like, if you hate Metallica's newest record but you love the Black Album, no one's going to erase it off the internet. Like it's going to live there in infamy forever. You know what I mean? Like Chasing Safety will always be on the internet. We're always going to play the hits live. It's always going to be there. No one's holding a gun to your head saying if you don't like Erase Me, you can never listen to Under Oath again. That's just asinine to me. And on the other turn, it's super flattering that somebody is so connected to a piece of music that's 12 years old, they refuse to go on. It's like my grandfather getting a new car. He was 80 years old. My grandma was trying to give him a new car. His car was a piece of shit. He's like, I like this car. I'll drive. It broke down all the time, but he kept it until he died. Hardheaded. You know what I mean? But he loved the car. Old Buicks are okay, but... Speaking back to new music, what inspired the songwriting on this album? Just life, man. Like, we had gone through a lot. There was a lot in between the last time we had written together and within the band and personal, personally for all of us. You know, it was pretty easy to take our therapeutic sessions. You know, we just write about what's on our heart, man. It's just our lives on paper and us being honest about it, which a lot of people I fear, I fear do not do. We wanted to just put it all out there like if it was our last record ever, you know. Awesome. So who did you collaborate with on this album and how did that come together? Um, Matt Squire produced the record, but we didn't have many collaborators in terms of outside. We, Spencer and I, we kind of did a different thing with this record where Spencer and I wrote alone and Chris and Tim wrote alone. And the four of us is the sound of Under Oath and we kind of bring it together. So we all got together in group, these two groups, and we wrote separately and then put it together and then wrote a lot together in the studio. And as far as the producer went, he is very much one of those fly-on-the-wall type of producers. It's like, he just lets you get to, to where you're going on your own. So he just kind of, every like couple of days, would be like, what if that's just D instead of a C, that kind of thing, but not very, um, I'm going to rewrite all your songs. So there are, there are guys out there that do that. Um, and we just don't respect we can't we don't do that like we have to we have to create our own thing 100 percent from the ground up you know what i mean so he produced the record and it's it for him is more of a psychological role than anything because there's so many strong opinions in under oath so being able to wrangle those opinions and make them make sense in order to get to a, an ending that makes sense is kind of what he did he's like the dad yeah. or the shrink <laughs> the 
that or the shrink. Yes, yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, he kept us all in check. All right. Well, um, last month released a video for Rapture. Who came up with the treatment for that video? The guy's name. Um, We're working on it. We'll get it for you. We'll get it for you. What role do you see music videos having in 2018? Well, I feel like they can be really important. And I also feel like at the same time, they don't matter because there's no platform on television or anything. But as far as YouTube goes, it's a huge platform. I mean, we there's two videos in particular that our band talks about that are pretty recent that the video, the song is great, but the video is amazing, which makes the song even better. Because if you want to watch something more than you just want to hear, that's that's huge. That's just really hard to do. It takes a lot of time. And I don't think in our scene, any producers of music videos are doing that. I think we've had one. Uh, I think Writing on the Walls is a decent song, but I don't think it's as good as the video is. I think that's why that song is such a success. And I think we talked about it with the new Childish Gambino song, Made in America. That video is absurd. It's so if you didn't see the video first... I mean, like, listening to the song with your eyes, because it's a good song, but when you see it with the video, it's a phenomenal song. Right. I, that, I feel like the video makes that song. Exactly. And we talked about this with, with Ghosts, Rats, the, their new song. Like, it's the same way. It's like, we played it for Tim, our guitar player, who's not a huge rock fan at all. He's like a hip-hop guy. He hates rock music. And he was like, I don't really... It's like, this bullshit. And then we we played it with him with the video, and he was like, oh, like I really... Okay, I see what... I can't, he needed to see it and hear it. I think a lot of people are like that. So I think the video is an important role, but it's next to impossible to get it right. Because the you band is... The video is like that. Yeah. Like he's saying that you yeah. want to make the song better. And we don't... You don't there's, control that. there's no one in that's in our scene really doing that. Like, Ghost isn't really in our scene. I mean, they are now, sort of. But, like, there's there's no, you know... We don't have that control. And we don't have the money that the a lot of, like... The phenomenal videos you see, you know, are, 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 yeah, it's like, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I don't think bands in our genre get that opportunity. Uh, maybe that'll change. But I think the idea of playing in a room as a band and putting crazy shit all over the screen, and it's, it's like, that's so dead and dumb to me. Like, I hate our videos, our new videos. I think they suck. <laughs> I, like, the guy wrote something that I thought was awesome. And then that's always the gamble. You pay the money. And you go and you do it and then you get it back and you're like, that's not what we wanted. And you have to do it. One of the only services in this business that that you can, you get a service done before you pay for a service before you see it. Then you get it back and you're like, fuck. And then there's, there are deadlines for things like that. They're like, oh, your record's coming out in two weeks. If this video isn't done, you're not going to have any visual component to your rollout. And you're like, well, we could put this pile of shit out, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, and it's but that's it's like the only the thing. thing. It's like, and you we try so hard to not be so overbearing because we are pretty overbearing. There's a lot, like he said, a lot of strong personalities in the band. Like we get all over our video director like before it happens, or we try to write the treatment ourselves. It's like so much shit gets lost. We want someone, we want someone with it's like we're not visual artists. We're artists, we're we're musicians. Right. We write songs, we write lyrics, we, we, we make music and we tour. We want a visual artist to take an Unreal song and put us in it and evolve somehow and make a phenomenal, because we're huge fans of film, but none of us are filmmakers. If we're, that's not our strong suit. It shouldn't be our job. But when we get, we hire these people that are trusted and your label tells you this and your manager tells you that, and this band's done it and that band's done it, and you throw the money on the table and you get back a pile of garbage, it sucks, man. 
it's like it's, it's a huge bum out but i don't think that it's enough to like ruin a band or anything because people are going to listen if they like the song but definitely if you have a killer video i think it could take the song we were talking about with ghost and this is america like to the next level and then like if all the pieces fit like oh it's beautiful it's like looking at an album artwork like when the album artwork feels like the way the record does and the lyrics match the mood in your mind and like it's such a beautiful thing and it's just hard to do with music videos because we literally have zero control well one of the major things that under earth is great at is the live performance what does 2018 the rest of it look like for y'all after this tour lots of touring lots more touring we got a week off and then we go to europe and we're doing a bunch of festivals all summer and then there'll be more stuff more stuff yet to be announced more stuff and things yet to be announced yeah that's fair enough we'll stay tuned for much more from unearth be sure to get a race me out in stores now this is jackie thanks to chorus fm and in the key of change welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute what's the name of that podcast that's axe to grind uh and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it right down to the shaky microphone and all (laughs) and my name's bob and my name's patrick and usually we're joined by tom Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along dancing like an idiot and listen to axe grind podcast